Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. By request from my next guest, Congressman Glenn Grothman, a little ELO action. Good morning, Congressman Glenn Grothman. How are you? Good. Well, not that good. We lost a congressional race last night, and we continue to have uh, over 10,000 people a day stream across our southern border. Otherwise, I'm feeling good. Minor details, not really. Um, So I will say this. Um, I... I read one person's criticism of the loss last night in New York, and I believe, and, and I mean, there are some too in, there was the Pennsylvania House also, uh, I mean, small majority, Democrat majority, but still a majority. And uh, the criticism is that Republicans aren't focusing on early voting enough, because I know there was a big nor'easter uh, in the uh, on the East Coast yesterday, and evidently, I mean, people didn't turn out. Uh, Republican, uh, not enough Republicans did turned oh. out. And had they submitted their ballots in advance in early voting, perhaps it would they would have prevailed. Well, yes, your Republican Party this election cycle will encourage you to vote <laughs> early. There are a variety of reasons for that, but one of them was on display in New York last night because we had a lot of good Republicans who've been trained to dislike absentee ballots, and I dislike them. I fought them when they increased them in the state legislature. But they've been taught that they're bad, so you should therefore vote the day of the election. There are a couple reasons why we'd rather have you vote early. One of them was on display in New York, where they had a snowstorm, and people who didn't submit their absentee ballots because they like to vote the day of uh, in New York City, which is not a city that's normally prepared for snowstorms, we are certain many, many people sat at home. I don't know if it was enough people to, to tip the scales on that race. It wasn't that close. But I am sure that a lot of the people who didn't feel like going out in the snow, if they would have voted absentee, would have voted for the Republican candidate. So it comes October, I'm going to early vote. We ask you to early vote for a reason. Something can always come up the day of the election. And if you voted absentee three weeks in advance, then we got your vote banked and put away. So that is one of the lessons from the congressional race in New York last night. All right. So I talked about the early voting earlier this morning, a couple hours ago on this show. And I and I want it. I want to make it clear because I think there are some that are concerned that, well, in fact, someone actually uh, sent me this this email can you explain to the radio audience why early oh never mind no she said if republicans vote early then don't the democrats know how many ballots they have to to stuff to beat us and i just said no because they don't tabulate the votes in advance of election day right and also um i mean someone could call around to the, all the clerk's offices in the country, I guess, or whatever, in your local municipalities, and ask how many absentee ballots Honest. have been returned, but there's no Honest. way to know who they voted for. Right? Right. So, I mean, right. it's... it's, it's that, that's not a good reason. No, that's not it's, a good reason. It's not. Take I mean, my word for it. We lost a lot of votes yesterday because nice people didn't want to go out in the snow. And we don't know rain snow, health concern, you know, sick relative, whatever's going to happen on election day in November could happen to you 
And if you vote three weeks in advance, your vote will count. That's just the way it is. Well, and I think the other part, too, Glenn, to remind our listeners about is that uh, for, unfortunately, for Republicans, we don't seem to have very many limousine liberals that donate to Republican causes. I'm not sure why, haha, but we don't. And so we, we don't have millionaire and billionaire donors that are pouring their money into the Republican Party. We have to work, I mean, to the bone for every single dollar that is donated. And You're, you're, you're right, and I, I want to emphasize that. There's this myth out there that the Republicans are the party of the rich. That is not true. The Democrats are the party of the wily and obscenely rich, which is why in the New York race last night, which is as high profile as you're ever going to get, the Democrats outspent the Republicans two to one. The Democrats are the party of the obscenely rich people of this country. Well, I mean, they've got... They've got the Holly weird crowd, that's for sure. Well, and, and I mean, so the point in bringing all of, all of that up is that instead of using the very meager Republican resources that we have on people that are most definitely always going to vote, um, they can focus on those that are perhaps a lower propensity voter and focus the resources on that. So, you know, I, I always lament about the fact that I go to my mailbox during campaign season and I've got a, a whole stack of postcards. And it's like, why? Why are they wasting their money on me? Well, because I'm not early right. voting. That's why. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, we under, so your listeners understand. Right now, both political parties have this down to a degree. And they know when you have early voted. If you have not early voted, say you're John Smith, Mr. Super Republican of Wausau, Wisconsin, you are, you are, have answered the phone probably, or they suspect that you are a Republican. If you wait until the day of the election to vote, the Republicans will keep sending you stuff and phone calling you and spending money because they're scared to death you're not going to vote. If you vote early, they don't have to spend that money on you. Okay, which also gives the Democrats an advantage right now because their people are voting early. They know their vote is already in, and they don't have to bother with pestering them to vote. If you wait until Election Day to vote, the Republicans will worry all the way to the end and wonder if John Smith is going to vote this time around or he forgot or whatever. Right. Yes. And, and, I mean, Republicans can, you know, they can determine in advance who's already submitted their absentee or early voting absentee ballots and then they will stop they will stop sending you postcards and they'll stop wasting money on a guaranteed vote and they don't they're not i mean we are we are pretty remarkable republicans but we can't read minds as far as i can tell at this point right right <laughs> all right so shifting to another topic let's let's well let's talk about the 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 hearing on Biden's catch and release policies at the U.S. southern border, and, and I mean, talk about uh, uh, Go ahead. absolutely. Um, we know that Biden is letting in way too many people. We think right now it's about three hundred and seventy thousand a month, when it was usually uh, near the end of his term five to fifteen thousand or six to fifteen thousand for President Trump. So you're going up by a factor of over 20 to 1. 
However, there's another side of this, too. And that is when you catch somebody doing something bad, you know, naive people say, well, they're just wonderful people and they're just like us. and They just want what's best for their children. Even if you're not a wonderful person and you commit a crime, you are much less likely to be deported under President Biden than President, President Trump. And your listeners may recall that President Trump was criticized for not deporting enough criminals at the time. But President Biden is much worse than this. He has changed the policy as to when you commit a crime and have to be kicked out of the country and allowed that to go by the board where many times you don't have to be kicked out of the country, so you're not. So you can tell your friends if they are the type to say, oh, President Biden's so wonderful. He's just allowing these people to live out their dream, these wonderful people. Say, if that's his goal, then why won't he even kick out the bad ones? He kicks out some of the bad ones but nowhere near as many of the people who have even committed a crime. And that's something else that the Republicans ought to put on their negotiation as we try to, or as President Biden wants Ukraine aid, say, or as he wants the appropriation bill for the Department of the Interior to go through something. Somewhere along the line, the Republicans have to draw a line in the sand and say, no more President Biden. And when the press attacks the Republicans for being mean-hearted, you have to say, we had a hearing in Washington, and it was very apparent that there are many criminals who were deported under President Trump and are not being deported under President Biden. And that is another way in which we are ruining the country. So I would argue that um, when you say, if you're not a criminal and you cross our border, I would say that the act of crossing our border, if you're an, if you're not a citizen, is is a crime in it in and of itself. So, that's um, I guess that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So I want to ask you about this hearing. When you have a hearing like this, particularly a, a very important, heated topic like this is, do Democrats show up for these hearings? Oh yeah, they show up, and they'll have their own witness. Uh, we'll have two witnesses because we're in the majority, and they'll have one witness. And their witness will blather on about all the people who are being kicked out, which is true, but it's just a fraction of the number of people who would have been kicked out under President Trump. So, By the way, another thing the Democrats are doing and President Biden wants to do is they want to give lawyers to all these people. And, of course, as soon as you have a lawyer, no matter how guilty you are, the lawyer will help you say things that make it more difficult to kick you out, which is another problem we're having. We should not be giving many of your... Listeners, if they were arrested for a crime, would not get a lawyer because they would say, I don't have the money for a lawyer. But we are now giving lawyers to many of the people who are crossing our border, I would argue, illegally. You know, I guess I would I I mean, I I can't blame you for being frustrated or irked all the time about particularly about this issue, because we're losing the country. here. It's the most important issue right now. Right. And, and, And honestly, it doesn't require any new border security bills. I mean, I know we already talked about H- HR2. I mean, our the chief executive of our country could issue an executive order to, to close the borders today, this very minute, if he were really serious right. about border right. security. Right. We have gone from under 15,000 people a month to well over 350,000 people a month without changing the law. In other words, just things that Joe Biden did. And if Joe Biden undoes them, 
without any help from Congress, and Congress is willing to give them help here, but without any help from Congress, President Biden could go back from about 370000 down to certainly under 30000 a month. And the fact that he's not doing that shows that his goal is to get as many people in here as possible. Another way you can see that is he sued, sued the state of Texas, right, to prevent the state of Texas from preventing people from coming here. President Biden's goal, they say, why don't you negotiate with President Biden? Well, we're always trying to negotiate with President Biden. But you got to remember, President Biden's goal is to get as many people in this country as possible. Okay? And believe me, if he would be around for another year, much less another five years, there are a lot more people they can get here, right? Mm -hmm. Right? I would bet, I would bet, without any evidence, but I would bet, in both China and India, who have over a billion people in their country, I would bet both of them could find eh, 40 or 50 million at least who would be happy to come to the United States and live here. And your listeners have to ask, no other country does this. Should the United States just say, oh, that's fine. I'm sure if 50 million Chinese want to come here and live our higher standard of living and our freedoms. Why, that would be wonderful. They just want what's best for their children. I'll tell you, the United States of America would change pretty drastically. And right now, we're getting 370000 a month, and they're coming from all over the world. A lot from China, by the way. And we like the Chinese when I run into them. Very nice, very nice people. But you have to ask yourself, do we want millions and millions of more Chinese coming here? Seems to me it would change the country rather dramatically. Well, I mean, if they bring their work ethic with them, great. I'm all for having people. Well, even even then, even then, I am sure we could get 100,000 hardworking, 100 million hardworking Chinese and 100 million hardworking Indians, probably another, you know, 30 or 40 million hardworking Pakistanis. How about some Eastern uh, Europeans, maybe a few Ukrainians? I mean, they've got a good work, well, work ethic. Right. Polish, I don't know. I mean, you know, oh, go on right. and on. Right, Let's, right. let's import the best and the brightest into the United States. Let's start with right, that. Right, right, right. We already have uh, enough people here. Okay, when I go through Chicago, I when I go through Washington, we have enough people. Just because they're nice, friendly people doesn't mean we have to let them in this country. We swear in about a million new people a year legally. Okay, and that's a lot of people, a million people. It shows it's not impossible to to become an American citizen legally. We do that. And uh, and to me, that's enough. Some people tell me we should do more. Okay, maybe give out. If some people want to have a debate, maybe give out another couple hundred thousand green cards. But this idea of 370,000 people a month, I, I... it's, I'd rather have them than hardworking than living off welfare. But either way, it's a problem, right? We we want we like America at least somewhat empty here, somewhat roomy and nice the way the America we grew up in. Well, and just because thing, it's so, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but the other thing that I would say is that if you're going to come to this country, then you have to leave the uh, you know, whatever so-called values you have in your country of origin and, and assimilate into the United States and, and embrace our values and embrace uh, everything oh. America. Bing O, Meg Ellison. Pardon me? You're exactly bingo. right. Oh, yeah. Bingo. I'm saying bingo. Yeah, right. You are exactly right. I've never we, won bingo before. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I mean, many people, just as, say, people from Milwaukee moved to my district because they don't like the Milwaukee they lived in with its high crime and everything else bad. So they move out to Cedarburg, but they keep voting like they did in Milwaukee. Mm. People who come here from, say, Venezuela, who made stupid votes and turned their country into a socialist hellhole, when they come to the United States, did they learn their lesson? Or are they going to come to the United States and continue to vote like they did in Venezuela and vote for whichever politician promises them more? Right, right. Yeah, well, and I mean, and just leave the anti-American sentiment in your country of origin or just stay there. You can stay in your own country and be against America in your own country, but don't come here and stomp on our flag or be disrespectful to our country or take advantage of the American and, citizen taxpayers. Right. And, oh. But the point is, your listeners have to decide. Do you ever want to say no to anybody, even nice people? Like I said, I'm sure we could double our population tomorrow full of nice, friendly people. I'm not sure we want that. Well, I, I right? think we need to start by taking care of our own citizenry first and focus on that, which I don't believe that you know we're, we're all that um, skilled at doing that yet. Hey, before, before we run out of time, I, I want to ask by the, you. By, by the way, go ahead. Not, not one other thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Today, people living in the third world are much more well-off than they were 30 years ago. We have an obesity problem Mm -hmm. in the third world. So I don't want your listeners to think that all these people are coming here because they'll be starving to death if they stay abroad. These people are doing perfectly well by their home country standards. Okay? So... That's something else to remember. Right. Well, okay. I mean, we, we we aren't doing so well here in the United States with regard to obesity either. But, hey, before um, I l- let you go, um, do you ever go on mainstream media news and, and I mean, give them a good dose of reality? I mean, are, does anybody— Well, I wish I, I, I wish I could be on more mainstream. Uh, I wish I could be. Sadly, I'm frequently on shows that— you could argue we're talking to the converted. Right, preaching but, to the choir. Um, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Um, I I do try, and I think the reason I'm not on those programs is those programs don't want to give uh, their listeners both sides of the story. They don't want to believe their lying ears, I guess. That's probably part right. of it. <laughs> well, hey, happy Valentine's <laughs> no. Day to you. Uh, I know. Happy that, Valentine's uh, Day. I mean, You're like, wonderful, Meg. Thanks. Right back at you. Go ahead. Now, we we can listen to Electric Light Orchestra on the way out, uh, which will be our song. And now i got to go ask questions on the Education Committee. All right. Well, uh, here we go. A little ELO. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. And uh, I hope that next Valentine's Day we'll have a much more positive outlook because we'll have a new president and we'll... Our borders will be closed and the economy will be booming and all that all that we've lost will have been restored. Okay. Very good. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Glenn. Have a great day. Yep. Bye. Bye bye. Going to the nine thirty news, followed by Hey, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna share uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher's op-ed on why he voted against the Alejandro Mayorkas impeachment. You may not agree with it. I didn't agree with his vote against, 
but at least it's worth hearing, right? Don't you want to hear his reasoning as opposed to just insults and empty rhetoric? Stay tuned! Meg Ellison. Oh, and the show will return momentarily on WSAU.